play and stay on Washington State's Kitsap Peninsula, the natural side of the Puget Sound. Stand up paddleboarding, hiking, great restaurants and breweries. I'll tell you more about your next vacation destination later in the show. Rachel Bell, and this is your last meal. Each episode will explore someone's perfect last meal to find out which food they find most delicious or nostalgic or comforting or gluttonous. And then we'll take that dish on a journey to explore its history and more. On today's episode, fitness guru Jillian Michaels. She has a reality show on E! called Just Jillian. And of course, she spent many years training contestants on The Biggest Loser. Get on the ladder! Are you ready to work? Are you ready to work? If you quit on me again, you go home and no one's going to chase you. That's so scary. I've never seen The Biggest Loser and I felt scared when I looked up clips of Jillian Michaels on YouTube. I didn't know that she was the scary yelly lady because when I talked to her for this podcast, she was so sweet and funny and she never yelled at me. So I was really shocked to hear her screaming at the people. Anyway, I called her up and I kind of had a feeling that her publicist might not have told her the theme of the show. I don't know if you've okay. thought about what your last meal would be or if you're just going to have to shimmy that up real quick. Oh, my God. No, I haven't thought about it. But I mean, over the course of my lifetime, I've definitely given it some thought. Um, and I definitely think it would be uh, a pint of Ben and Jerry's, a large fries from McDonald's, a... Um, Taco Supreme from Taco Bell. I mean, I'm dying, right? So, so like, I could just, I could just, it's like, it doesn't matter. I could go until my gut bursts. Definitely some donuts um, and a box of C's candies, but not the nuts, nuts and chews. I don't like those, just the creams. If you had to pick a flavor of Ben and Jerry's, which would you go with? Oh, my God, the um, oh, Chubby Hubby. Is that the one with the pretzel pieces in there and stuff? You tell I was a fat kid. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I don't eat any of that stuff anymore. But um, yeah, it's the chocolate-covered peanut butter-filled pretzels with peanut butter and fudge swirls. So let's focus on the ice cream then. What is the reason that that ice cream would be your last meal? I mean, is there something like in your memory or like a comfort food? What is it that does it for you about that? God, you know, I've always just been um, big into peanut butter when it comes to my treats the the other stuff though like the fries or the the taco bell um or the seas candies yeah that was all just like white trash stuff from my childhood (laughs) the 80s were a wasteland man my parents didn't know anything about nutrition or health and it's like yeah it was all taco bell drive-throughs and seas candies on christmas eve and complete debauchery. Do you ever think about these foods and dream about them? I mean, is it in your mindset that you're like, God, I just want to get through that ice cream pint? Yeah, I, for sure. I mean, without a doubt, like, um, I definitely will give my kids, you know, the ice cream or the, you know, some seized candies from time to time. I try to keep most of the sweets I give them organic because it's not hard to do now in this day and age, uh, especially if, you know, if you can afford it, there's really no reason that you shouldn't. But from time to time, I will get them, like, if I'm passing through the airport, I'll get them a little box of, like, seized candies, creams, and things like that because it, it definitely does have that nostalgia factor. But I, I personally um, gave up eating straight sugar like that about a year and a half ago. So I do dream about it, but I, I don't do it. I feel like I'm on the wagon. Normally, yeah, I, normally I tell people, hey, you know, it's all about balance. And if you have this many calories in a day, allow 20% of them to go towards treat foods. When you can, that you make those treat foods 
organic as in like, you know, no fake fat, no fake color, no fake sugar. Um, but, but the reality is for me, I mean, that stuff is addictive. It'd be like an alcoholic having one drink. I, I had a, a binge session with my mother-in-law's cake balls a year and a half ago around Christmas time. And I was like, Oh my God, <laughs> I've lost control. So I, uh, I try to stay away from it now. The C's candy, it's interesting that you buy it for your kids, too, the creams. It seems like you really are evoking some kind of memory. Yeah, it was, a grand, it was always a grandparent, you know, peddling, peddling that stuff. And to, and to this day, my mom, you know, does the exact same stuff with my kids. But it, it was always a grandparent, and it was like Christmas Eve or Easter. And it would be, you know, either the C's Easter basket or the C's Valentine's Day heart box or... This is Christmas thing, and it would sit on the table, like a two-pound box of death. Uh, and so, but I mean, they're so, I don't even know, to be honest with you, if they're so good or if it's just like what I remember, but the Bordeaux and the Butterscotch Square, oh my God, crack, absolute crack. I always loved going in there as a kid in the mall because they would give you a free one as a little treat, and all the ladies were wearing, you know, they're kind of white, like they, they look like yeah. doctors. They were wearing like... <laughs> forgot about that, dude. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like little nurse outfits. Yes. And the black and white checkered floor. Like it felt fancy and special. But when I think back, I'm like, that was in the mall in the suburbs. It couldn't have been that fancy. Yeah. Oh, God, that's right. I completely forgot about that. You're absolutely right. Were you a fat kid? Oh, for sure. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. And and the reality is, you know, that's what makes weight loss such an interesting thing, right? Whenever you want to change an aspect of your life, it's truthfully quite simple, as in the steps are, are very obvious and straightforward. So you want to get healthy, all right, you eat less, you move more, you use common sense with your food choices, and that's it. But it, it's not easy. So it might be simple, but it's not easy, and that's because we use these coping mechanisms, be it food or alcohol or sleeping with the wrong people or spending money we don't have, because they provide us with something, right? And so for me as a kid, it was like a way to connect with, uh, with my dad because he was also overweight, and it was a sense of control, a sense of comfort. So hell, hell yeah, yeah, I was definitely a, a chubby kid. So with your kids, so you have these like childhood memories of certain foods. What do you think that um, your kids would connect with you? Like what is kind of your family food that you guys kind of bond over? Oh, my God, here's the problem. My kids are being raised in... Uh, Unfortunately, we're, fort- you know, we're very fortunate to live in Malibu, which is great. Um, but unfortunately, it's, uh, it's not very much like the rest of the world. So there are limited restaurant options out here, and you know, they were raised on Nobu. And, uh, and it's not because we're, you know, we're trying to raise the elitist children. It's just the only sushi place within an hour to drive. <laughs> So I think for us, you know, their memory of childhood is going to be, you know, Nobu or Mr. Chow's because that's that's what's around. Like the family Chinese restaurant on a Friday night is is Mr. Chow out here. And they've been going there since they were literally, you know, my daughter came home and my son was born. But that's that's definitely going to be their memory of childhood is caterpillar rolls at Nobu and, you know, the, the noodles at Mr. Chow. Does that blow your mind, just the, the contrast from the way that you grew up? Oh, my God. I, I literally tell my partner, Heidi, about every day, I'm like, you know, this is crazy. I mean, like, they take, you know, they'll play make-believe and stuff, and my daughter will take her dolls to, to Nobu on dates. I'm like, honey, this, <laughs> this, this is nuts. I can't ever let anyone see this. But I think, I think they're, you know, they're good kids, and I, I hope that, 
you know, we're raising them, I'm hoping, in a way where they are grounded and, you know, they do appreciate how blessed we are and um, we do make efforts to give back regularly and uh, and they're always a part of that. So, you know, you, you hope they've got some, some frame of reference and some perspective as they get older. Do you guys cook? Is there something that you think they would think of as like, this is my favorite food my mom makes or something that you guys kind of share as a family that's special? I don't cook at all. I'm a horrendous cook. Um, Heidi makes attempts from time to time. My son actually loves to cook. He loves it, which is fascinating, and he's he's really good at it. He's only four, but he'll make, like, scones for breakfast or, like, organic bagels and this bread maker that they got, or he'll make homemade pizzas, and so he'll kind of take favorite foods, and he'll make them over with healthy ingredients, and he loves it, and so he, he and Heidi kind of do that together, and, and my daughter and I will usually go do something else. She, she doesn't, she and I don't really have the patience for it, uh, but he's he's great at it. You guys will go to Nobu and get something gold-plated. Right. <laughs> <laughs> See? Not mean at all. Jillian Michaels did not yell at me, and I kind of loved her. I love how down-to-earth she is and that she recognizes how ridiculous it is that her kids are growing up eating Nobu, which, if you don't know, is a very, very fancy sushi restaurant favored by celebrities. I did not know that Robert De Niro co-founded Nobu, and now they have 33 locations on five continents from Moscow to Malibu. <laughs> If you're a fan of naturally gorgeous, off-the-beaten-path vacation spots with small-town charm, you're going to want to plan a visit to Washington State's Kitsap Peninsula, where you can grab a scoop of homemade ice cream and stroll around the adorable European seaside village of Paulsbow, or walk on the ferry in Seattle and get off in downtown Bainbridge Island. And May is the perfect month to visit Bremerton or Silverdale, where you can get out of the city and into the forest in just 15 minutes for a beautiful hike. Enjoy a farm-to-table meal at Bremerton's Restaurant Lola, a Black-owned business. I really need to make the trip out there for their Creole brunch. And in the morning, stop by Saboteur Bakery for croissants that are so flaky and buttery, you'll think you're in Paris. There's also a gorgeous golf course in the middle of the forest and there are several naval museums in Bremerton. Go to visitkitsap.com slash yourlastmeal to learn more. That's K-I-T-S-A-P. Or you can find a link in the show notes. Play and stay on the Kitsap Peninsula, the natural side of the Puget Sound. All right, so focusing in on Jillian Michaels' last meal, I'm going to focus specifically on the Ben & Jerry's Chubby Hubby, which is vanilla malt ice cream with peanutty fudge-covered pretzels with fudge and peanut buttery swirls. I had never had this flavor before, but I did have an interview set with Sean Greenwood, who calls himself the grand poobah of PR at Ben & Jerry's. And an hour before our Skype call, the front door buzzed and a dozen pints of ice cream were delivered to the radio station. And this is the only reason why my coworkers like me. With a mouthful of peanutty fudge-covered pretzels with fudge and peanut buttery swirls and vanilla malt ice cream, I asked Sean the origin of Ben & Jerry's and the chubby hubby flavor. There really is a Jerry. There really is a Ben. The two guys started in 1978 when they were uh, best buddies, really enjoyed eating, and uh, figured they would either go into the bagel business or the ice cream business. And the bagel machinery was too expensive. So ice cream, it is. That was their answer. So they ended up opening up a little scoop shop in Burlington, Vermont in 1978, made it through their first winter. Chubby Hubby was invented a little over 20 years ago, back in 95, and it was a suggestion from fans. A lot of fans have suggested Ben & Jerry's flavors, like a lot of the best ones that we've done, everything from chocolate chip cookie dough, Cherry Garcia, 
Chubby Hubby were all suggested by fans. So the creation that came from these fans was vanilla malt ice cream with pretzels, peanut butter, and fudge in it that they did. Do you remember the origin story of Chubby Hubby? Mm-hmm. It was definitely, you know, a, a really fun one because it was kind of a practical joke that started with a couple of workers. Um, their boss was a big Ben and Jerry's fan, and so they wanted to play a joke on him. So they created this flavor in their own minds, and then told their boss, "Oh, you got to try this new flavor." They had the name, they had the, you know, the ingredients I was just mentioning. So they said, "Yeah, go. You got to find this chubby hubby ice cream. It's incredible." And so their boss Tom starts looking all around. This was in York, Pennsylvania. Uh, so their boss starts going like store to store and looking, saying, "I can't find it." And so the uh, the ladies that were playing the joke on Tom went so far as to create the flavor, stir it up, and bring it in in a Tupperware at work, and go, "Oh, here we brought some in for you. Try it out." So he tried it, he loved it, and they you know sent him out on a wild goose chase again, looking for the flavor. Of course, it wasn't around, so there's nowhere to find it. And they finally uh, you know let him in on the joke, but they shared that with us, and we thought, "What a great story!" And it was a really good flavor suggestion, what they had come up with. So we took their idea and and you know kind of retrofitted it to be able to be something we could produce up here in our factory. And from all of that, that's how Chubby Hubby was born. Wow. So you guys did zero work on that product. <laughs> we get all the credit, right? But, but did none of the work. You know, there, there's always a, a little bit of work that goes into how do you make thousands and thousands and millions of pints once there's a suggestion because it's it's easy when you're at home and you're sitting in your own kitchen you go I want to put peanut butter and ice cream that you put peanut butter and ice cream and try it out but when you're trying to make it so you can then package it and ship it around the the country it's it's always a, you know takes a little bit more so I'll give some credit to our team they had to do a little bit of work but they kind of had that one served up on a silver platter and that's pretty amazing for these people that it started as a joke and now it's, you know, one of the most popular flavors. Is the prize for doing that the fact that, you know, you just get bragging rights or did these ladies get like a lifetime supply of Chubby Hubby? They celebrated by launching the flavor in their hometown of York, Pennsylvania. So Jerry and Ben went down. Uh, you know, we had this whole launch event in their hometown city and we were so kind of smitten with the town. It was such a great town. Ben and Jerry went back later that fall as the Grand Marshals to their big parade that they do every year because it was such a cool place. So we try to bring some fun that way uh, when we connect with people and, and you know, end up having a great connection to be able to put the icing on the story that way. What is a failed flavor that you guys came up with and then it just did not work? It wasn't as good an execution as it was an idea. Well, to limit it to one would not be fair. We actually have here at our Waterbury plant in, in Vermont, as well as a virtual spot online, we call it our flavor graveyard. So if you actually come up to the plant, there are headstones in the flavor graveyard where you can see the dearly departed pint flavors and, and scoop shop flavors that have been out for years. So, you know, we've had a bunch of bad ones. The, the worst one, I actually worked production in, in 1989 for Ben and & Jerry's, and I remember we made sugar plum ice cream. That was a, a plum ice cream with a caramel sauce. And it just was not good. What's another one? Oh, God. You know, we've had so many over the years. There, there was a peanuts popcorn flavor that we did. That Like the idea is kind of fun in terms of salty sweet, but it didn't really come out that way. And the popcorn just ended up getting in the ice cream, just getting kind of chewy and tasting kind of stale. So that wasn't so good either. You know, we, so we've, we've definitely had hundreds of flavors that haven't made it out. And sometimes they'll be good for a year or two. Sometimes it's hard to track down the ingredients and, and keep it going. But there's definitely been ones like that where uh, I remember we had played around with one at a time called 
fish bait ice cream that had gummy worms in it. Uh, but the gummy worms, when they freeze, got so chewy. You like you start eating a, a frozen gummy worm, and you just chew and chew and chew and chew. So there's all kinds of reasons why flavors don't work out. But you have fish food. We do have fish food, and that one is nowhere near the flavor graveyard because that one is kind of you know one of the best ten selling Ben and Jerry's flavors around the globe. And it's amazing because we named it after our, our you know buddies that we love here, a local band called Fish with a P P H I S H. And uh, you can travel around the world, and, and Ben and Jerry's fans say, yeah, "I want that fish food ice cream," and and sometimes they don't even know the band, but they've had the flavor at some point where where they've kind of been traveling around the world. So that flavor we're not touching. That one is is one of our best 10 flavors in the entire globe. What is in fish food? Fish food is chocolate ice cream, a marshmallow swirl, caramel swirl, and then it's got little chocolate pieces that are shaped like fish. Okay. Solid chocolate pieces, uh, and they're specially engineered, so they melt even when when frozen, so it's not like, a, you know, it's not going to bust a tooth. So did I hear a rumor that Ben & Jerry are not a part of Ben & Jerry's anymore? Uh, you might have heard that rumor. Rumor, but it's not true. They they are very much still full time employees of Ben and Jerry's. Ben and Jerry's was acquired in in two thousand between two thousand two thousand one. Unilever bought Ben and Jerry's, uh, so the guys have have maintained their role as employees. They're still around. They still kind of work on programs that really interest them, which are usually social mission, giving back to the community, and how do we serve our role as a business to be able to make a, a change in the world for the, for the better. And so they that's the, the stuff that they're really involved in. Let's not just make as much profit as possible. Let's try to do something good with the power of our business, and, and let's change the model that way of how businesses operate. listening to your last meal, you might like watching my new TV show, The Nosh with Rachel Bell. We just wrapped up season one, so there are four tasty episodes ready for you to binge at CascadePBS.org. In episode one, I convince an East Coast skeptic that Seattle now has fantastic bagels. And in the season finale, we go truffle hunting just about an hour outside of Seattle. Episodes are a quick bite just eight and a half minutes long. So grab a snack and cozy up with the nosh. Available anytime, anywhere at cascadepbs.org or find a link in the show notes. How often do you guys come up with new flavors and do you have kind of a little um, special secret room where all the lucky people, their jobs are coming up with new flavors? We do have a room and it's about 15 feet away from my office here. Uh, so I get to go over and volunteer as a taste tester very often. We've got a, a full team of folks that work here. We've got five people that work on developing flavors year round is their job. We call them flavor gurus. So they get to work on new ideas for Ben and Jerry's flavors. You know, sometimes they'll come up with something totally out of uh, out of the blue. Sometimes they'll be out and they'll get inspiration, saying, "Well, we noticed peppermint is really making a strong comeback," or or maybe it's something savory that they want to f- kind of fold into the mix. So it it really will help to form kind of what the next Ben and Jerry's flavors are. And they'll work on these ideas and come up with anywhere from, you know, dozens and dozens to, to well over 100 flavor ideas for the year. And they'll try to hone it down and kind of come up with their best three, four, five, six flavors. And then we launch those very best ones once a year. So we're, we're kind of working ahead all the time. It takes about a year to put together the plans and to have, uh, you know, all the sourcing ready so we can put that plant out on the shelf. What is the number one selling flavor? The number one seller right now is half-baked. So that's... Uh, half chocolate chip cookie dough and half chocolate fudge brownie. 
All right. So maybe I ate a little too much ice cream and coated my brain with enough sugar to stunt it. But after reflecting on my interview with Sean, I started to wonder how many couples out there are named Ben and Jerry. I don't know. I think we're probably the boring Ben and Jerry. (laughs) (laughs) I posted my inquiry to Facebook and within an hour, bam. I found my very own Ben and Jerry in Monroe, Washington. Hi, I'm Ben. And I'm Jerry. And what's your last name? Fodge. Fodge. F-O-D-G-E. Just one letter off from Fudge. And Ben and Jerry say they didn't even realize how ice creamy their names sounded together until somebody in one of their families pointed it out. And when they were getting ready to get married in 1999, Ben's mom threw them an old-fashioned ice cream parlor engagement party and taped their faces onto the pints of Ben and Jerry ice cream. Does it get old for you or are you like, cool joke? No, I I think I really enjoy it. I think it's kind of funny and it comes up at random times. It's not like all the time. Well, you can kind of use it as an icebreaker. Yeah, that's true too. An ice cream breaker. If you will. Ice cream breaker. breaker. Nice. I like it. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> I think you guys have the perfect personality for it because you're just so happy and jovial. I feel like there could be some crotchety Ben and Jerry out there who just don't want to be associated with the ice cream at all. No, we like happy. Yeah. Happy's good. Yeah. You guys are funny. so cute. And that is Jillian Michaels' last meal. also heard from Sean Greenwood at Ben and Jerry's and a real life Ben and Jerry from Monroe, Washington. Original music by Prom Queen. And this is a pretty new podcast, so I would be so grateful to you if you subscribed and even left a review on iTunes so that more people can find us. I'm Rachel Bell, and until next time, this is your last meal. (laughs) 